0: Ideological pipe. I've been expecting you. There is a god and I speak jerk Air on the side of not being a jerk. Welcome to another long overdue episode of Theological Pipe. And and that's kind of my charge. What I want to talk about today is we all have choices on how we react to things. And I think it would be a a really good practice for all of us. And if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that you're a believer in God, uh, whether it be Christian God or whatever. This is Theological Pipe. We try to discuss things from a theological perspective. Um, and, And I think it would be a good practice for people who have a belief in God and basically anybody to err on the side of not being a jerk Regardless of what what you know about the situation, and I'm kind of relating this to the Simone Simone Biles situation. She's a, a U.S. gymnast. If you don't know the story, I'll briefly cover it. You could go look it up uh, on your own, read about it. But she's a one of the greatest women gymnasts of of all time for the United States. Uh, in the middle of the competition, the Tokyo Olympics is going on. Uh, in the middle of the team competition, she withdrew and she cited you know she had some. I don't know if she specifically said I have mental health issues, but she she said that her head wasn't in the right place. It wasn't anything physical, her head wasn't in the right place. Uh, And she was supported by most people, but there were quite a few people that were really critical of her. Um, I I think there's, warranted criticism you could say man what a shame for the team and what a shame for the competition and and uh you know could she have sucked it up i get those discussions um but if you do it hating on her uh there were people that were attacking her calling her a snowflake and and almost that mentality of like oh she's a snowflake she's entitled she's arrogant she's only thinking about herself and how do you know, right? Let's let's pretend for a second that Simone Biles is an arrogant, egotistical, uh, you know, could care less about anybody but herself, millennial snowflake jerk. Let's pretend that's the case. I don't think it is. Let's pretend that's the case. Don't be a jerk, right? You can present yourself as not a jerk. Um, he, here's the thing that you have to think about for a second. Do you really believe that a, a young woman would spend her life, when when you're an Olympic gymnast, when you get that caliber, you've done gymnastics your entire life. From the time you could walk, you were doing tumbling classes, and then you got coaches, and then you got trainers, and when you got good enough at like four or five, and they say, hey, you might be really good at this, your whole life is gymnastics. Your whole existence revolves around gymnastics competition, gymnastics training, uh, you know, there's nutrition stuff, there's all kinds of stuff that has to go on. And so Simone Biles, from the time she was a kid until now, for years, her whole life has revolved around gymnastics with the express um, purpose of going to the Olympics and winning a gold medal. That's the ultimate for a gymnast. There's no professional gymnast league. She's not going to go and and be on, you know, the, there is no professional gymnast league and I'm trying to come up with an acronym real quick and I can't even do it because it wouldn't make sense. So do you really believe that she would spend her entire life being a gymnast and going to the Olympics? And oh, let's not forget, she was also a gymnast during the time when the United States Gymnastics Association, whoever, whatever the name of their organization is, had an evil doctor who was abusing young girls. So she had to deal with all of that. She gets to the Olympics, she's in the competition, And she has to withdraw because she's having some issues with her mental health. And do you really think that it's because she's egotistical and lazy and she's a millennial snowflake and she's she can't suck it up? Do you really think that's the case? Or do you not think that it's probably eating her alive inside? Do you not think that she's probably having to deal with the fact that she let her teammates down and she let herself down and her coaches and her parents, her parents are probably upset, her coaches are probably upset, her teammates are upset, but they're not upset at her as being a bad person, they're just upset that she's not part of the competition. So maybe, that's probably the truth, right? And again, even if it's not, even if she is the egotistical, lazy, millennial snowflake that some people like to throw around, even if that's the case, you don't have to be a jerk. But you still shouldn't be a jerk because she's probably dealing with things that we can only comprehend and we can only, we can only imagine. Again, imagine reaching the pinnacle, the pinnacle moment that your whole life has led up to, and then you have to withdraw. And again, some people say like, well, she didn't have to withdraw. You're correct. She didn't have to. But she felt that she did because of something that's going on in her head or something that's going on in her heart. And so instead of being really critical of her, how about some compassion? How about some some sympathy? How about some good vibes? How about praying for her? You know again this is theological pipe we believe in the power of prayer how about you pray for and say oh my gosh could you imagine could you uh, pick pick the profession that you're in imagine you reach the pinnacle of it and when you reach it because your head's not in the right place you feel like you have to withdraw and i know you some people are listening and saying well i wouldn't do that i wouldn't withdraw well congratulations you're one of the few that has conquered their mental health and conquered all the anxieties and, and the stuff that goes on in life. But, but the majority of people in this country have those things that they have to deal with. And if it gets too much, maybe withdrawing is best for her. Maybe it was best for the, for the Team USA too, we don't know. But how about this? Compassion, sympathy, empathy, and err on the side of not being a jerk. At the end of the day, if you're not a jerk, you've done a good job. Don't be a jerk. Right? And and Simone Biles is just an example. It always happens with when anything happens in life, there's there's always quick criticism. There's always quick, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my two cents somewhere. I'm gonna say something because I feel like I need to say something. When you know what? Maybe step back. Think to yourself: here's the situation. I have two choices. I could be a jerk or I could not be a jerk. Always, always, except on the rare, rare occasion, and this isn't it, on the rare occasion, you should always err on the side of not being a jerk. And especially in this situation, Um, you know, again, pray for her. Uh, I hope she's okay. And again, at the end of the day, if it comes out that she's just entitled, egotistical and did it for whatever reason, you're still not a jerk. You're still better for it because you're not a jerk. So err on the side of not being a jerk. I want to rock! Theological rock. Now I wanna transition into the next segment for Theological Pipes since it's been a while since I did an episode. Uh, This will be Theological Rock. There is an incredible book uh, by Greg Renhoff. Uh, It's called Van Halen Rising, how a Southern California backyard party band saved heavy metal. Uh, It's Van Halen Rising. It's probably one of the greatest books about music that I've ever read. I love the book. Forget about the fact that I like Van Halen um, and have always been a fan since I started liking music. Uh, just as a book, the way it's written, the way it's been researched, it's just an incredible book. You get a start from, from when these guys were in like middle school, David Lee Roth, uh, Michael Anthony, uh, Alex Van Halen, and Eddie Van Halen. Uh, you get a really, really good idea of how they became musicians. There's just such incredible, incredible stories about Eddie Van Halen parents uh, and Alex Van Halen's parents, and how David Lee Roth and a- a- Eddie Van Halen and their bands were like competitors, and how they came together. Uh, it, it's well written, again, well researched. It's a great read. You feel like you're there, but it also feels like a, a like a, a news, like a like a scholarly book because again, there's so much research and so many different stories from different people that were there when it happened. Um, and, and again, as a Van Halen fan, if you like Van Halen, it's a no-brainer. You have to get the book. You have to get the book and read it or listen to it. It's, it's one of those books. It's that good good of a book. If you just like music, you have to get the book. I, I love music. I've listened to or read autobiographies or biographies from er- Eric Clapton and Flea, Paul Stanley, Elton John, Prince, Billy Joel, Sammy Hagar, and I love every single one of them because they're just great books about those artists. I love music. I love rock and roll. I think music is a gift from God. I've talked about that before in podcasts but this book is probably the best written book that I've ever read because it, it, it's one of those books where as I'm reading it and I'm getting like halfway done, I'm done with the whole thing, but when I was about halfway done, I was starting to get sad because I knew I was going to finish the book soon and I would be not be able to read it anymore because it was that good of a book. Uh, I even tweeted the author on uh, on Twitter. You tweet people on Twitter. Um, I tweeted him and said, now I'm waiting for Van Halen 2, you know, the Sammy Hagar years. Um, He's he just a great writer, it's a great book, it's well-researched, and again, there's little nuggets in there that you find, you're like, oh my gosh, I'll give you the best one, or one of the ones that stood out for me. There's so many things. I came away with a, a, a greater respect for David Lee Roth than I had before. I always thought he was an arrogant, weird, spacey jerk, and he probably still is, maybe. Um, but man, he was encouraging, and it was his enthusiasm when Van Halen was just started out that really like encouraged Eddie and encouraged Alex and encouraged Michael and really spurred them on to success. And just his, his positive attitude was really cool to see. Um, And you, you come away with a greater respect for him, but there was a great story about uh, Eddie Van Halen and Alex Van Halen's dad. Uh, He was in a concentration camp um, during world war II. You know, he was, he was Jewish. They were going to kill him. Um, And because he was a musician, they put him as part of a band a big band and he played uh, and it's almost amazing You say music not only saved Alex and Eddie's dad's life it helped Alex and Eddie be born, um, and it's just there's so many cool little nuggets like that 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 could be a, a book on itself. Um, and the author puts those out through throughout the story. It's like I said, it's a great book. Van Halen is again one of my favorite. Eddie Van Halen is 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 just phenomenal. He passed away a little bit ago, and it's it's been a big big loss. Uh, there's a great quote um, when people pass away, and you see people on social media, you know, upset and crying and 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 you know you know lament the fact that they're gone, there are some people be like, why are you upset? You didn't know him. And and the quote was, and I don't remember who it was, I don't even think it was someone famous, it was just someone on Twitter said listen, we don't mourn because we know them or knew them we mourn because through their art, through what they did, we got to know ourselves and Eddie Van Halen is one of those guys for me, uh, just like Prince was when he passed away. Um, you know, th- That was my formative years. I was 14 years old when 1984 came out and uh, bought the cassette tape and then went and bought Van Halen one and Van Halen two and Fair Warning and Diver Down and Women and Children First and you know listen to all the back catalog and then I was also a huge Sammy Hagar fan so when he became the lead singer I was in heaven and Fifty One Fifty was you know one of the greatest albums ever and and OU Eight One Two and 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 we can keep going on um, but the book is great if you if you like rock and roll if you like music. You need to get Van Halen Rising by Greg Renoff, and I'll try to put a link in the um, in the YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll put a link down below. Hopefully, if I remember uh, for the book. Um, but Greg Renhoff, Van Halen Rising, it's an incredible book. If you love music, you need to read it. If you love uh, rock and roll, you need to read it. If you love Van Halen, it's a must read. And even if you don't like any of those things, it's a must read because the author is that great of a writer. So uh, yeah, there's my two pronged attack for the for an episode of Theological Pipe. That was a long time coming. It's been a while. Um, I'll try to get back on a better roll of making some episodes. Um, but two parts. air on the side of not being a jerk and go read Van Halen Rising. So put that in your Theological Pipe and smoke it and we'll see you next time. Well.